This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Dairyland Talk. I'm Brandon, along with Gage. Um, so we're just leading off with the big introductory press conference. The Packers introduced Matt LaFleur as the 15th head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it was a really uh, productive press conference in my eyes. I'm sure Gage will, will add some perspective as well. Um Mark Murphy spoke for about the first 15 minutes uh, and just kind of walked us through the entire process uh, of the interviews and kind of their approach, um, which was really informative in my eyes. It was nice to see, um, you know, their whole process and their approach to firing, to to hiring the next candidate. Um, And Murphy did a great job of explaining that. Um, and then of course he said that they decided to go with Matt, um, on Monday, the day they hired, it was known that they were going to hire him, um, which was the day after he interviewed, they said he was the candidate that most stuck out, um, among the 10 people they interviewed, which was, which was really huge to hear, especially considering the tough, uh, you know, competition he had, there's a ton of ex-head coaches he went up against he stuck out on the same day he interviewed but uh the same day the Packers interviewed Adam Gase so the fact that he was able to stick out after a grueling weekend of uh interviews for Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy really says a lot about LaFleur as a person and as a coach um and the potential he'll have Gage what was your reaction to that press conference um, for sure. Like you said, uh, it was really surprising that he was the only one that stood out, uh, just kind of based on some of the guys they interviewed, like, um, they interviewed, they interviewed Adam Gase, who's a former head coach. They interviewed, um, they interviewed Jim Caldwell, who's been to a Super Bowl. Chuck Pagano, who's got, uh, who's done really well. They interviewed Pete Carmichael and Dan Campbell. Carmichael, I'm surprised he didn't stand out more. Maybe that's kind of why he hasn't gotten a lot of coaching buzz in the last decade that he's been with the saints. Um, they just, they, interview, uh, McDaniels, who has been the crown jewel that everyone interviews every single year. It seems, uh, ever since he's been back in new England, I feel like he's one of the top five names. And I think that it's at this point, he'll probably only go to new England when Belichick retires. I think that's probably what's going to end up happening there. But, uh, LaFleur, um, I kind of, the thing I really liked about his, uh, press conference yesterday was 
when he talked, like just talked about how excited he was. And I know there was a lot of people on Twitter, Reddit, everywhere else kind of talked about how he seemed really nervous um, up there. But I think that's just the, the high regard that he holds for Lambeau and Green Bay and just this organization as a whole. Like he, he understands his opportunity here, which is a big thing. And not just in coaching and sports, but in real life, like we got to understand our opportunity. Like he has the opportunity to go coach, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time for, in my opinion, the best organization football has ever seen and obviously one of the best in football. And he understands that. And so it's just a matter of just – it was nice to see a guy that's young and excited and just he knows that in order to be good, he knows what he has to do. He mentioned it. He's like, you got to – in order to be a good offensive mind and innovative, you have to keep pushing. You can't just give up. So – now, I know some people might consider that a shot at McCarthy because McCarthy kind of stagnated, but that's like LaFleur saying, look, this is how you be good is you got to con- you can't just be good and then there's rest on your laurels. You got to keep pushing forward. So I was excited to see that. Yeah, I liked how he, he did reference that. And, and I really appreciated, you know, the emotion that he showed. He was obviously extremely grateful uh, for the opportunity that was presented to him. Um, I just want to read this quick quote that he had, which I thought was awesome. He said, uh, I can't think of a greater place to be a head coach in this league. And really, and really in all of sports, this is a dream come true for me. Um, And that's a sentiment that, you know, pretty much every fan of this organization shares. This job is one of the most coveted jobs in all of sports, um, being the face of the Green Bay Packers as the head coach. Um, and he did a great job of just kind of, you know, letting us in on how he felt and just showing a lot of personality. And it was quite obvious, uh, you know, the, the character he showed, and that's kind of what Murphy talked about as well was they were looking for the right coach, but they were also looking for someone who, who had a lot of character. And I thought Matt LaFleur definitely showed that he, he started by thanking, uh, a, a bunch of people from the Tennessee Titans organization and from past relationships as well as, well as his family who was there in attendance. Um, his dad's a former uh, football coach. He was there in Green Bay with him, which was really awesome. Uh, I thought it was great how he, 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 he knew why he got the job. He, he talked about the relationships with Kyle Shanahan and as well as Sean McVay. Um, Gage, what question I want to ask you is, do you think that Brian Gutekunst and and Mark Murphy are hoping that Matt LaFleur is the next Shanahan or McVay, or are they looking for something uh, different than that, but but the same Uh, success? uh, I think that they're probably looking – I mean, they obviously want an offensive-minded – they obviously want an offensive-minded coach with – some of the, some of that uh, game changing revolutionary like thought processes that we've seen with guy with with those other two, but they also probably want a guy that's they want to make sure it's sustainable. They're, the Packers have had just fifteen head coaches in their history, including Lafleur, which I thought was pretty crazy to think about. Like they they don't go through, they don't cycle through head coaches. They want to get a guy and then keep that guy, and I think they're hoping that. LaFleur will be able to bring some of that success that those guys have had and then be able to sustain it over a long period of time. The guy said that he wants to be good for a long time, and I think that he can do that. He 
he's smart. He knows kind of, he knows what he's doing. He just has to go make it happen. And I so I think that while they're kind of looking for those guys, they're not necessarily they want to make this isn't and this isn't to say that McVeigh or Shanahan, neither one of those guys can be successful over the long term. But I think that if you like if you're Gutekunst and Murphy and you can either have, say, McVeigh is good for five years and then kind of stagnates off or you can have um, LaFleur who can be good for 10 to 15 years but at a slightly lower level than McVeigh, I think you're going to take LaFleur out of that just because it's sustainable and he can be good for a long time. So I think that's what they're looking for. Um, They're always about trying to – like this whole organization has always been that way. That's why there's not a lot of shakeup in this in, for better or worse, there's not a lot of shakeup in this org. So it's just – I think that's what they're looking for at the end of the day is they're looking for sustain, like something that's sustainable, consistent, and improves upon where they've been. Yeah, they're definitely looking for something that's going to have some longevity attached to it. LaFleur is 39 years old. I mean he has his whole career pretty much ahead of him. And like you said, it's not it's, – it's not – you know, common that this position is even available. Um, only 15 coaches in history of the franchise. Uh, Mike McCarthy was there for what since 2006. It's about it was. Uh, uh, this was his 13th year. Right. Yeah, his 13th year. Been there since 2006. Um, anyone who gets to a hold of this job is going to do whatever they can to sustain it. Um, now, a big component of having this job is being able to get along with quarterback Aaron Rodgers and Mark Murphy did speak on that as well as uh, LaFleur, which was great. They had to address that situation. Uh, LaFleur even pointed out that he believed he had secured the job because prior to being offered, Aaron Rodgers did call him. Um, and I, I'm guessing they just kind of had a brief conversation. Uh, and then LaFleur pretty much hung up the phone and, and it felt pretty good about everything. And then later received the call from Murphy uh, while he was with his family. He said he was picking his kids up from school, which I'm sure was a really special moment to be able to share with them that he was going to be the next head coach of the Packers. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really, I mean, definitely that was probably a really special moment for him. Uh, Cause he seems like a really family oriented guy. And this is obviously kind of, it's a smaller market team, but it's also kind of a family style team. Like the, the fans really are almost like part of the team. Um, the like between the bicycles at uh, training camp that has been a tradition forever, and and all of that stuff. So I so I think that it's important to see him as a kind of a family guy, and just like one uh, big thing. Uh, Peter Bukowski of Acme Packing Company did a, had a piece come about come out earlier today about this. It was basically like the quarterback, the star quarterback, and the new head coach kind of figure like kind of feeling each other out and just kind of talking about things. And they were probably like, here's what I'm looking for and et cetera, et cetera. Obviously they'll have deeper talks about this moving forward, but they were, they probably wanted to say like, this is where my head's at. He figured out where his head's at. And then Aaron probably got off the phone with them, told Brian and Mark, like, yeah, this is the guy. And uh, I mean, obviously he wasn't on the official picking committee. They, but he was probably one of the leading voices on that veteran group because at the end of the day, this team will go as far as Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and now Matt LaFleur can carry them. So they got to make sure that whoever they got was going to be someone that could work with Rodgers. 
Yeah, and it's of utmost importance that LaFleur and Rodgers get on the same page as quickly as possible. I mean, I'm sure they've already had a number of conversations together. How do you think they've started their relationship, Gage? What do you think they're talking about in order to build uh, something special here as soon as possible? Because they really don't have much time to waste to get this train back on track. Uh, they're definitely talking about uh, obviously uh, the kind of the bones of the offense because there was a lot of concern about just like whether they want to stay like a West Coast style with what McCarthy had or if they wanted to go kind of just change something up differently. But I think that they're going to try and say like, okay, what kind of offense are you running? And Rodgers is probably chomping at the bit to get to learn everything. He's probably like, okay, give me a playbook. Let me start learning everything because he want, probably wants to know everything. Yeah, it's the off season, but this is now when you have to learn all this stuff. So that way, when you show up in August and everywhere else, you're, you're ready. You're not behind the eight ball and not ready for it. So my guess is that they're probably just figuring out, okay, here's kind of how our offense works. And LaFleur is probably talking to Rogers and Gudikins and everybody else around the organization, trying to figure out kind of what group he has wait, like waiting for him. And just trying to figure out, like, here's how we can design this package and these packages and so on and so forth. So my guess is Rodgers is probably – is probably hopefully hopefully he's willing to just work with LaFleur. I know that was a big issue with him and McCarthy is that at the end it kind of seemed like Rodgers was just doing his own thing and overruling McCarthy. Obviously there was the Mercedes Lewis interview last week where that was blatantly obvious where he called a play him that McCarthy – just McCarthy called a play. Roger said, "Nope, we're not doing it. We're doing something else." Um, so it's so it's probably hopefully it's just him working alongside him, and they're just gonna be a great duo for the remainder of Roger's career, and hopefully for long after that. Right, and, and Rogers recognizes just as well as anybody that this is, you know, new life for his career. This is a completely new opportunity, a chance for him to to really finish strong for his last few years. Uh, as an NFL player, as an NFL legend, for that matter. Um, now, he and LaFour definitely bounced off some ideas from each other as far as offensive concepts that they enjoy. Um, I'm sure Rodgers is well aware of some of the things that LaFour likes to run, but he, they really can't start formulating the playbook until... LaFour has his staff in place. Now we know Ron Zook, thankfully, is gone. Um, now, as well as wide receiver coach uh, David uh, Ray, um, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. He's on his way out, who I believe was, was you know, the writing was on the wall for him to leave uh, since he had only been with the Packers for a short period of time. So, really, he's going to have to find a, a new offensive coordinator because it, they kind of got at the fact that. Philbin likely isn't going to be around. Uh, you know, Murphy did get emotional addressing Philbin's uh, interim status with the team for the last four weeks and just his role he's played with this organization uh, since he's been a part of it. I believe he joined, you know, back when Mike Sherman was still uh, the head coach was when Philbin kind of got his start with the Packers and you know, he went on to do great things outside the organization, but now he's back with the Packers. And, um, you know, he, he's just a tremendous guy as well. Um, and he did a great job, you know, stepping in for McCarthy. But before right now is focused on, 
getting an offensive coordinator. That's probably his main goal right now. Um, I personally would have liked to see Zach Taylor take that role, uh, but it looks like he might be headed to the Cincinnati Bengals, which it's it's starting to feel like everyone's trying to pick an apple off the Sean McVay tree. Do you have any names in mind, Gage, that you'd like to see take over that role? Um, I've heard a few interesting names. Uh, I know Phil. I've heard Philbin. Not I wouldn't want to see him as a coordinator, but I'd be interesting interested in seeing him. Um, just kind of with the organization still uh, as like a, as a position coach, like say um, James Campen were to leave, uh, maybe Philbin as an offensive line coach, that kind of thing. Uh, that's just something that I've heard uh, tossed around a little bit. Um, I've heard Mike Lafleur, which uh, that's Matt's brother, but I don't, I don't know how much of a fan I'd be of that, um, just because I, I I've never been a huge fan of like siblings or anybody related working on the same staff. I just that's just I, that's just something weird to me, I guess, because um, I feel like it can throw off dynamics uh, within the team. Um, like if you want to, like if you're friends, that's fine. But family is a little different. Um, I've heard Mike McDaniel, uh, who is with the 49ers right now. I heard he's a possibility and Zach Taylor was contacted and he, the Packers were interested in him. Matt LaFleur was interested in him, but because Matt LaFleur is calling the plays is that, or Sean McVay was like, Nope, he's not going anywhere. So, right. So I, I think that there's um, just – it's going to be interesting. Obviously, there's a lot of people that LaFleur has contacts with around the NFL, even though he's only been around for a handful of years, which is just crazy to think about. Like the guy's only 39, yet he's got contacts all over the place. So um, whoever he decides to go with uh, is going to be likely an offense, uh, offensive whiz like he is and probably going to go right up that alley. So it'll just be – It'll be interesting to see, hear over the next few days who they kind of go with. I know Philbin's probably not that guy, and I'm more than okay with that. Uh, I'm. Uh, is there any position coaches that they haven't announced that they're keeping yet that you're interested in keeping? Uh, I know Brian Angelicchio, that's the tight ends guy. He has an offer to stay. Uh, Petten's obviously back. And then Jerry Montgomery, the defensive line coach, uh, he is expected to stay next season right. but is there anybody else that's uh kind of out obviously we know ron zook is gone which i'm i'm definitely okay with that and i i'm sure you are as well but is there anybody that has not been announced that you're either like yeah or like you're like yeah we gotta get this guy back i think um joe witt should get a lot of consideration to return he's been with the team for a decade now and he's done a great job with the defensive backs over that that tenure um, I realize there's been a lot of turnover in the secondary um, in the group, you know, did have a, a pretty a pretty bad uh, couple of years from from 2015 to 2016. It was really, really a bad showing by the secondary, but it was also a really young group. Um, and it was a lot of just kind of plug in stopgap pieces. Uh, yeah, because they were also everybody was so injured, which was just. Their injuries over the past few years, sorry for talking over you, but just their injuries have just been absolutely nuts that it's crazy for that. It's crazy that it's like Howard. Mm-hmm. Like, it, the fact that he was able to even put out a group was like, congratulations, way to get something on the field. Right, right. And Joe Witt is a player's coach. The players love him. And if, I, if my memory serves me correct, he did interview for the defensive coordinator job before Penn got it last year. I'm pretty sure Joe Witt did interview 
Um, and then he obviously was promoted to the pass game coordinator. Um, but yeah, I like the names that have been thrown out on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they also threw out Nathaniel Hackett, who was the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars, but he was let go early in the season. Um, but that was more of a product of Blake Bortles not being able to hold his own. And that offense was really just a mess, especially with Leonard uh, Fournette injured. Um, not a lot of weapons for that offense to work with in, in general. Um, but yes, you did mention Mike McDaniel, who is uh, uh, seems to be a hot name that is getting a lot of consideration. Um, and also Todd Monken, who, who is the former uh, offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's an older um, coach who I think may be able to uh, provide some more perspective. I don't think LaFleur should just totally bring in a, a young staff, maybe have a, a veteran coach in there like Monken who can, uh, you know, kind of tam, you know, just provide perspective and just, you know, be a, a wise mind who has a lot of experience just in the room in general. Um, yeah, another and uh, another interesting name possibly is uh, Mike Kafka. That's the Chiefs quarterback coach. Um, obviously, we've seen what he's been able to do with um, Patrick Mahomes this year, which granted, that's obviously that's not all the coach. The players still has got to go out and get it done. But he's but I mean, Mahomes went out and is likely going to win an MVP in his first year as a starter. Uh, I know Drew Brees has got a strong case as well, but Mahomes went out, put up 50 touchdowns, and just lit the NFL on fire. So I, so he could maybe help uh, whether they keep Deshaun Kaiser as their backup quarterback or if they decide to bring in somebody new or keep Kaiser and a third guy because obviously Rodgers has dealt with injuries over the past couple of years. So I thought that that's an interesting name. Um, and even John, maybe John DeFilippo uh, as, a, as an offensive coordinator, I definitely think he should get an interview. Um, I think part of his tr- struggles in um, Minnesota had to do more with uh, Mike Zimmer, who, um, for those that don't know, Zimmer and the Vikings have gone through an offensive court, I think four and four offensive coordinators in five years or something like that. It's been just absolutely nuts to think about the guy just churns through offensive coordinators like crazy. So um, there's, so that's I think that that's a definitely a name to uh, consider in that in that regard as well. Yeah, the clock and, the, and another thing I want to mention real quick is the clock is ticking. I mean, that a lot of seats are being filled as far as the head coaches. There's only two jobs remaining right now, um, so coordinators are going to start going to start being snatched up. You know, you know at a pretty rapid rate over the next week or so. So LaFleur is going to want to get busy. I'm sure he's on the phone, uh, you know, right now trying to uh, put viewers out for, for different uh, assistance and just to get his staff looking as looking and, and just shaping it the way he wants it to look because he's going to want to make a great first impression in his first season. Um, what kind of time frame are you, are you hoping to see from this process uh gauge before we sign off uh, um i def- i'm definitely hoping for the offensive coordinator and just i'm hoping for the offensive coordinator and the assistance to be nailed down by the end of next week um i def and i definitely want the offensive coordinator position nailed down by that time like if you have to get an assistant secondary coach in a little in a little over a week 
that's fine, but you got to get your uh, your main pieces set in place um, so that way you can start building because the longer that you take to um, get those pieces in place, the longer it's going to take for this team to – for the coaching staff to come together and just – build around it so uh and i also i, I really want to see a wide receiver coach get picked up sooner rather than later um somebody to really help out these young guys because mvs um mvs equinemius and jamon moore they all have a ton of talent and they just we just need someone there to kind of help bring them along i uh, definitely want to see more more from more in year two um just after mostly a lost first season so so hopefully um, we get these positions ironed out by at the latest by next week Saturday. Um, so the what would that be the twelve the nineteenth. So hopefully by the nineteenth, basically all the positions are filled. Any longer than that, it's going to start dragging on too much. Yeah, I had a similar time frame <coughs> in mind, um, and I'll just say one last thing before we wrap this up. Uh, it'd be nice to hear from Rogers in the next week or so. Um, Everyone's kind of still on pins and needles to hear uh, a quote or something from him just to kind of, uh, you know, show his confidence in LaFleur or just, you know, something about the outlook of the Packers in general. This is going to be a long off season, uh, and, and, and there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, unexpected things. There's just a lot of uncertainty headed into the 2019 offseason from the roster and the playbook and just how Rodgers is going to respond to a new coach. So hopefully we get something out of him uh, very shortly. Um, but we will be, you know, keeping a close eye uh, on the news to see who the Packers bring in as far as assistance um, because that's that's pretty much the next step for LaFleur right now is to get his staff in place. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, this is Dairyland Talk. I'm Brandon. Along with Gage, we will be back in a few days to uh, give you guys some updates and just talk some more Packers. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.